The following is from Red Hill Baptist Church, where we exist to glorify God, grow more like Jesus, and go with the gospel. To find out more about our ministry or to contact us, please visit redhillbaptist.org. Jesus, we crown you with praise. Jesus, we crown you with praise. We love and adore you, bow down before you. Jesus, we crown you with praise. Jesus, we crown you with praise. Jesus, we crown you with praise. We love and adore you, bow down before you. Jesus, we crown you with praise. The first time you came, they crowned you with thorns, and on an old rugged cross you were But the next time you come, it won't be as before, for this time we'll crown you with praise. Jesus, we crown you with praise. Jesus, we crown you with praise. We love and adore you. Bow down before you, Jesus, we crown you with praise. We love and adore you, bow down before you, Jesus, we crown you with praise.
Every once in a while, it's good to stop and to take a look at your life, to ask some important questions. We all need to consider, who am I? Where am I going? What am I doing? You know, sometimes life forces us to do this. We come up against life and times like graduations and major life adjustments and the like. But the danger lies in those long stretches of time, sometimes even decades, that go by very busily where we are so busy we fail to stop and really check in on ourselves. And I want to challenge you to do that with me this morning. To be honest, this message is not complete. Um, I'd say most of them are not. You know, uh, sometimes I need about seven months to prepare a message, it seems, and to really prepare myself and prepare the truth, but I'm only given seven days. And I'm not even given a full seven days with all the other responsibilities, so I'm given seven partial days. And this is one of those messages, this is really incomplete. Uh, It's a work that God is doing in my own life. And what I really want to do for the next few minutes is I just want to sow some seed thoughts into your heart into your life for you to chew on and to think about and to contemplate. And all of us are at different stages of the journey, but let's all take stock today. And I want to look at one verse with you in particular. And believe it or not, we're going to go back to the book of Philippians if you have your copy of the Scriptures with you. Uh, Philippians. You know, we spent quite a bit of time in Philippians in 2021. We started out the year in Philippians. We've been studying Philippians on Thursday nights in our Facebook live study And perhaps you thought we were done with Philippians, but as I thought about today, and I thought about the resurrection, I thought about Easter, my mind went to a verse in the book of Philippians, and I want to direct your attention to it. It's in the third chapter, Philippians chapter 3, verse number 10. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 10. The Bible says that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to his death. Now, in fact, I want to just focus on the first part of the verse. I'm going to leave off the sufferings part. And it's not because I'm trying to diminish that, not because it's not important. But truthfully, that is a theme that we've talked a lot about in the last several weeks and months and throughout the pandemic. We've talked about suffering a lot. So I just want to focus on the first part of the verse today where it says that I may know him, that is Christ Jesus, and the power of his resurrection. We have the person and the power, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. It may seem odd to you that Paul would write that, because after all, this is the Apostle Paul. And he's writing on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he already knew the Lord as his Savior. I mean, he already knew the Lord. So why in the world would he say that his desire is that I may know him? We'll talk more about that in a moment. But first of all, I've got to ask you, do you know Christ? And that's really the starting point today. Do you know Christ? You see, the Apostle Paul was not always the Apostle Paul. Before he was the Apostle Paul, he was Saul. Saul, the persecutor of the church. Paul, uh, Saul, the persecutor of Christians. And it wasn't until he was on the road one day that the Lord Jesus appeared to him in a bright light and said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And Saul was gloriously saved. He became a child of God, a follower of the very one that he had been persecuting, the Lord Jesus. And God used him in a marvelous way. The Bible is very clear that all of us have messed up. All of us have sinned. I mean, we're thinking today about the resurrection. But you know, in order to have a resurrection, you have to have a death. 
And maybe you're wondering today, what in the world does uh, the death of a man who lived so long ago in a place so far away, what does it have to do with me living in America in 2021? Well, the Bible tells us that all of us have failed, all of us have sinned. Way back in the beginning, the garden of creation, God created the heavens and the earth. He placed a man named Adam and Eve in that garden and said, listen, I've created a perfect atmosphere. All these things are yours. You may freely eat of any of the fruit of the garden trees except for one. And what did they do? They went to the one. They were not allowed to eat of it. They ate of it and plunged themselves and humanity into the depths of sin. Separated themselves from a holy God. But God loved them too much and God loved us too much to lead them in that position. In fact, it wasn't long before the Lord came walking in the cool of the day, calling out to them. We see the story how he even slayed animals and created skins for them, shedding of blood. And also the gospel is given in its most primitive form there, talking about the serpent and his head being crushed while he bruised the heel of the one who had come from the woman, of course, pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ. And God loves us so much that he sent Jesus his very son to be born. We've been singing about it today. We celebrated at Christmas. Perfect God, perfect man, born to a virgin named Mary, did not inherit the sin nature because he was virgin born. He grew up and lived a sinless, perfect life, never did anything wrong, never lied, never cheated, never stolen anything, all of it. And yet, he willingly, voluntarily went to a Roman cross allowed them to take his body and nail it to a tree. They drove spikes through his feet and his hands. They mocked him, tortured him, beat him and abused him, plunged the crown of thorns upon his head. And he was there and he died, not for his wrongdoing, not for his sin, but for your sin and my sin. He fully died. They took him off the cross. They placed him in a tomb. He was fully dead. But he did not stay there. Three days later, he arose victorious and beloved because he lives. He defeated sin, death, the devil, hell and the grave. And he's alive forevermore. And he's coming again. And because he is alive today, we can have new life. Because he's alive today, we can have a hope and a peace and a joy that's beyond understanding. But we must receive him by grace through faith. And so I ask you today, everyone who's listening to me, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? That is the starting point. You must have a personal relationship with him. So preacher, how do I do that? The Bible is very clear. He did all that needed to be done. He said up on the cross, what? It is finished. And all you have to do is turn from your sin and place your faith, your trust, your dependence upon Jesus Christ and you will be born again. If you've never done that, I challenge you, I exhort you, I beg you, I plead with you as God deals with your heart today. Give your life to Jesus Christ. You'll never regret it. Now, I know that I'm here on a Sunday morning and Easter time, and I know I'm talking to a lot of Christians. A lot of people would say, I've already done that, preacher. I already had that settled. already know all about that. Then let's talk about Paul here, because Paul had that settled in his mind and heart, and yet he still wrote these words. That I may know him. That I may know him. Well, what was he talking about? He already knew him. Well, it's the idea of knowing him experientially, knowing him personally, knowing him intimately, not just knowing him as Savior, but knowing him as Lord, knowing him as Master, knowing him as friend. 
You know, one of the greatest challenges that we face as American Christians is we treat our Christian life like a task rather than a relationship. We think about our Christian life and we say things like, well, I want to be a good Christian, so I need to go to church. Check. Need to read my Bible. Check. Need to pray. Check. I need to give. Check. I I want to be a good Christian. I'm going to go on Wednesday nights. Check. I'm going to serve. Check. And we have a list that we have and we check them off like tasks, like a to-do list. Beloved, I want to challenge you and remind you today, the Christian life is not a task. It's a relationship. Now, I'll be the last one to discourage anybody from coming to church or reading your Bible or praying or giving or serving. Absolutely. But that is not the Christian life in the sense of just completing these tasks. It's a relationship. And those things flow out of the relationship. Because I love the Lord, I want to be in His house. Because I love the Lord, I want to give. I want to serve. I want to do these things. I want to get to know Him better. It's a relationship. And just like any relationship, we can develop it and it can grow and we can know God better than we did last year at this time. Paul had filled his early life with all kinds of religious activity. And it brought him up empty. In fact, he says in Philippians 3, 8 and 9, he counts all that as rubbish. I give it all up. I want to know Christ. Now, I want to sow some seeds, I said today, and we're going to be brief in our thoughts. Do you really want to know God? Do you want to know Jesus? This is the great treasure in life. Now, the world won't tell you that. The advertisers won't tell you that. They say, well, if you, can just, you just had this house, if you just had this car, if you just had this position, if you just had this prestige, you could just reach this level, then you'd really have the great treasure in life. You could be known, and, and, and all these things know the great treasure in life is knowing God. Knowing God. To really know Him experientially and personally and intimately. We can know God better, but the choice is up to us. And sometimes we make a poor choice. We choose not to get to know who He is. Now remember, we're taking stock of who we are, where we are, what we're doing with our life. Do you belong to God? Do you want to know God? You see, there's a progressive knowledge of getting to know Him. It's not just a a get-out-of-hell-free card. A lot of Christians, a lot of people, that's what they want, a get-out-of-hell-free card. They just, oh, I said a prayer, I know Jesus, I've got my get-out-of-hell-free card. That's not Christianity. Christianity is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's discipleship, being a follower of Christ. And, And Saul became the Apostle Paul. He's the follower of Christ. You can know God better today than you've ever known Him. And you grow in your knowledge. Just like you do in any relationship. Daniel and I have been married for a long time now. I didn't do the math. I'm not even going to try off the top of my head. It's a long time. <laughs> and I know her better today than I did when I married her. I know her better today than it was five years ago, ten years ago. She knows me better today. She may regret that, but she knows me better today. See, it's a relationship. But Paul didn't stop there. I want you to notice he says, not only that I may know him... He goes on to say, and the power of his resurrection. This is where the Lord's really dealing with me about it. And really, I'm I'm thinking through this and, and contemplating this. Resurrection power. We believe that Jesus rose bodily, literally. He really rose from the grave. We believe he's alive right now. We believe he's alive forevermore. We believe he's coming back. In fact, the Bible says he's making intercession for us at the right hand of the Father at this moment. 
The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the bedrock of our faith. You take that away, we have nothing. Paul said elsewhere, if he's not raised, we're foolish. We might as well close up shop, go home, and do something else because we're helpless, we're hopeless, and we're dumb. I mean, if he's still in the grave, we're wasting our time. If he's still in the grave, I've wasted my life. You're wasting your life. But he's alive today. And he's alive forevermore. And he's coming in. And we're going to live eternally with him. We get so focused upon these few years, few years that we have, whether that's five years or 10 or 25 or 75 or 85. Think about it's such a short time in relationship to eternity. And yet we set our hopes here and our dreams here and everything's here. It's not. It's not. It's with him. And Paul challenges us. To experience His resurrection power. Now we understand this in our Christian life. We think about it when we come to faith in Christ. We believe He really does have the power to change those of us who are dead in our sin to make us alive and children of God. We believe in the resurrection power at the moment we trust Christ. And then we believe in it in the future when we're going to be resurrected. Now we, we die to be absent in the body, be present with the Lord, we leave our bodies behind. And maybe they're buried in the tomb. We really believe that the resurrection power, that He's going to resurrect our body, glorify it, perfect it, put us back together, and we're going to live with Him. We believe it when we come to Christ. We believe it in the future when we're going to be like Christ. But here's where we struggle. We forget that that power, that resurrection power, that same power is available to us today as we live the Christian life. You and I were not meant to live the Christian life in our own strength. In fact, we cannot live the Christian life in our own strength. And that's why we get so frustrated. That's why we get discouraged. That's why we give up. We walk around weak and pitiful, trying to live the Christian life. We're kind of like a flashlight with dying batteries on a dark night. You ever had that? You're in the darkness. You're like, Where's the flashlight? And you get it and it barely comes on. I mean, you're just sitting there trying to grope your way along. And we're like that. We don't realize. We forget. We have a sunbeam available to us. Resurrection power. The power. Ephesians 1. I want you to hear this verse. Ephesians 1, 19 and 20. The NLT puts it very plain. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe Him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Galatians 2.20 My old self is crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Paul says, I want to know Christ. And I want to know His resurrection power. I want His power operating in my life. Now remember, I'm just sowing sowing seed thoughts today. I'm just giving you something to chew about and think about and for the Lord to reveal in your heart about. Remember, this is a work in progress. This message is not complete. Just sowing seeds here. What an awesome power is available to us. The Holy Spirit indwells us. Listen to Romans 8.11. Again in the NLT. The Spirit of God. Listen, this is awesome. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He'll give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. We know that's true at the end. But the same Spirit who raised Christ from the dead is living in us right now. 
And His power is available to us right now. And He doesn't want us groping along, trying the best we can, just trying and failing, trying and failing. No, He wants us to yield to His power, yield to His control, allow Him to live His life through us to empower us and fill us with His Holy Spirit. I believe these two go together. That is to know Him and know His power. I think the more that you know Him, the more you experience His power. So the question is, do you know Him? Think about it, resurrection power. Now this brings us to communion today. I said, where are you going with it? How do you get from there to communion? Well, you all, I'm I'm assuming the majority here know what this communion is all about. The bread representing the body of the Lord Jesus. The juice representing the blood of the Lord Jesus. As often as you do this, you just show the Lord's death. Jesus knew we were forgetful. Jesus knew we needed reminding. He says, I'm going to give you something to remind you of me. But here's what's interesting about it. We know it reminds us of the death of Christ, but you know it also reminds us of the resurrection? It's going, wait a minute. Now listen to the full verse. Remember, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death. What's it say next? Till He comes. How can He come if He died? Because He was resurrected. He's alive. And because He died and was buried but came back to life, He's coming again. And so communion reminds us that we're not only remembering the, what Christ did for us on the cross, but we're remembering that He's a living Savior and He's coming again. He truly has resurrection power. And we can know Him personally. We can know Him experientially. We can know Him intimately. And when we eat and drink today, we are not. We're not just remembering a dead historical figure from history. We are fellowshipping with a living, present, soon-coming Savior. Even so come Lord Jesus. So here's my prayer for you today. I pray that you will know God and His resurrection power in your life. And I ask, if you would, would you pray for me that I would know God and His resurrection power in my life? that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. We need to prepare our hearts to take of this bread and this juice today. This is for Christians. If you know Christ, we invite you to join us. But let me give you a moment. Let me give myself a moment to just prepare our hearts, to pray, to get our hearts clean and our minds clean and, and just to get ready to eat and drink. And then we're going to sing. And then we're going to go. Would you take a moment right where you are, right in your seat. Just talk to the Lord. Parents, you help your children to understand. Give them direction on what they should be doing. Take a moment. Just talk to the Lord. Lord Jesus, thank You for giving of Your body on that tree. Thank You for loving us enough to lay down Your life for us. To endure the pain, the anguish, the suffering physically. But Lord, probably even greater. 
to take upon your sin, take upon yourself the sin of the whole world. He who knew no sin became sin for us. Thank you for giving your body for our redemption. We give you glory and praise and thanks. Amen. Take now and open that bread and eat that bread with thanksgiving for the body of the Lord Jesus. Now if you'll very carefully remove the lid from the juice. The Bible says that the same night he took the cup and he gave thanks and they drank and this juice reminds us of the blood that was shed for us. The Bible says without the shedding of blood there's no forgiveness of sin. And as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup we do it in remembrance of Him till He comes. Father, thank You for loving us so much that You gave Your Son to die in our place. Thank You for the blood that washes us from all of our sin and gives us new life in Jesus Christ. We love You and praise You, Lord Jesus. Thank You. In Your name we pray. Amen. Take now and drink that with thanksgiving in your heart. I'm going to ask the worship team to join me as we go to a closing song. It's a new song that we've been singing. Such an appropriate song for this season and for the resurrection, Easter. He is the King of Kings. I love the message in this song. I want you to listen to it carefully. And I want you to really take those thoughts that I gave you today with you today and really think about it. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. That's my desire. That, beloved, is the great treasure of life. No matter what else you may get, no matter what else you may achieve, to know God and to know His power. That's the great treasure of life. Would you stand with us as we close with King of Kings.
Thank you for listening today. We trust that our time together was a blessing to you. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us on Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and of course on our website at redhillbaptist.org. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.